You're listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Our guest today is Charlie Silver, CEO of Permission.io. This episode is brought to you by Cybex.io. Interested in OTC trading? Stop wasting time on standoffs and expensive escrows. Try Cybex, the world's first regulated and proven decentralized OTC technology backed by industry leaders. Cybex allows you to trade Bitcoin to any ERC-20 tokens, completely peer-to-peer, safely and privately. No account required. No middlemen. Visit Cybex.io. That's S-I-B-E-X dot I-O. I'm your host, Dustin Planthold. Join us as we dive into the world of economics, politics, tech, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. For even more crypto-related news, sign up at news.bitcoin.com or follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin.com. Now let's bring on our guest, Charlie Silver. Welcome to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Dustin, thank you so much for having me on. And you have an amazing bio. And now Permission.io. Talk to us about Permission. Well, Permission, I mean, we all know we're in the data economy, but we're in the early stages. We all know data has tremendous value. The biggest companies in the world have all been built on data. But who owns it? That's the question. Well, I own it. Charlie, I own my data, do I not? Absolutely. And that is the vision of permission, that individuals own their data and they should be compensated. The Internet runs on advertising. And advertisers, we're creating the platform and the vehicle so advertisers can reach individuals and compensate them directly instead of paying Google, Facebook, Twitter as these massive intermediaries that exploit individuals' data. And you know, it's quite fascinating that most people are unaware that their data is being sold. They, they, They sign off on those scripts that come in when they click on a website or they, you know, they don't go through the 30-page document uh, on a PDF that comes in when they download the app. But so tell me, why is this thing called data so important? And why should we be more particular with our own data and where, where it's being sent? Well, so much of the economy runs on data. And that's exactly right. People need to be conscious of that value. But before Google, before Facebook, guess what? The state of New York, the state of California, they sell motor vehicle records, they sell voting records, they all real estate transactions, mortgage records, credit cards have been selling data. So much of the economy runs on individuals' data. People have no idea. I mean, we're talking trillions of dollars of economic activity that's built off of data. And now it's time the whole next generation of the web is going to be built on individuals granting permission and then being compensated for it. But now what is each person worth? And I'll use myself. I mean, well, I think I'm worth at least a good $10 a month. Uh, What is a person's value in the world of data? Well, it's interesting question. And there's a big range. Obviously, the more you spend on things like travel or life insurance or mortgages, your data is worth more. I mean, that's the whole idea of lead generation, right? I mean, there's, you know, Travelocity, Expedia, all these companies, they're lead generation companies doing hotels.com, you know, Trivago. 
It's all about finding leads. So who's likely to buy? Who's likely to buy life insurance or go on a vacation? So it really, there's a big range. It can range from the four or $500 a year up to many, many thousands of dollars a year, depending on how much you spend. That's quite remarkable. And what led you into this? I mean, you're, you're picking a big fight. I mean, there's some pretty big players out there that I imagine won't be too happy by little old Charlie Silver coming in and disrupting that. Like, what made you decide I'm willing to take them on? Uh, well, because I know the business. And look, at I built a company called Real Age. And anybody that was involved in the early internet in the late 90s and the early 2000s were very familiar with Real Age. We were pioneers in permission marketing based on data. We collected hundreds and hundreds of data points. People would fill out a health questionnaire and we would tell them their real age or their chronological age. As a matter of fact, Mehmet Oz, Dr. Oz, who's on TV, was our spokesperson and was a big part of our success. So um, we built a whole ad business based on data. We serviced the pharmaceutical industry. We connected pharmaceutical products with people who needed them. And it was a great business model, but we would ask permission first. It was all based on permission. And we had the highest CPMs. We were selling advertising at four or $500 CPM when the standard rates are $10 CPMs. That's what data and permission creates. People are volunteering. They want the ad, right? And that's when you can build that infrastructure everybody wins. And that's the next generation of what's going to be happening online. Now you've become the experts expert. So talk me through recently, I read an article uh, regarding the iPhone or Apple that there was going to be some, some new update that would require um, these apps from getting your permission for certain data, but they pushed that out. Why did they not live up to that? Or why did not keep what they originally announced? You know, I'm not sure about Apple's internal policies, but Apple is, you know, one of the better, better big tech players in this context. I mean, they certainly lead, you know, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, Twitter. They're they're ahead of the pack in this context. Um, Apple recognizes that individuals should be in control of their data. And they are one of, you know, certainly on the big, big, big tech side, you know, they're one of the, you know, like I said, they're a leader here. But, you know, massive amounts of companies, I mean, trillions of dollars of market cap uh, are going to have to change their business models over time. And what do you think is going to force that change? The market, you know, that people demand, you know, they're going to be more and more in control of their data, more and more. And I'm not in favor of regulation, but, you know, the California CCPA, GDPR, you know, these things are. Government is now recognizing that individuals need to be in control of their data. So, you know, the whole market is moving in this direction. But these guys are very, very, very powerful. And it's going to move slow. The market's going to have to lead it. And so what made you come up with Permission.io? When did you found the company? Well, this company is a... uh, uh, a legacy technology company, a deep, deep technology company. I sold Real Age to Hearst 10 years ago, and I started investing in technology companies. And there was this company called 
algebraics that had built mathematics and technology on how data can be represented mathematically. I started investing in the company. I invested a lot of money. I became chairman, but it was run by academics that were only caring about technology without, you know, it was the exact opposite of how a business should be run. Focus on a technology versus solving a business problem, right? So I came in as a CEO and led the company to permission.io. I love the vision of crypto. I love the vision of data's in charge, you know, individuals in charge. You know, the whole crypto ethos was, you know, hitting my soul. And I took the company to, uh, you know, this permission model where people are compensated via crypto. And how did you get into crypto to begin with? You know, everybody has some guru that helped, you know, brought them to it, right? You know, mine was a guy named Robin Bloor, who actually wrote the book on data algebra. And he was like, you know, we ought to take this technology and go into crypto. And I'm like, crypto? And he's like, you know, Bitcoin. Oh, I've heard of it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. this was like 2016, you know. And uh, so that's who got me into Bitcoin. And it took me, you know, six, eight months to make the commitment to take this company with this model. And right alongside of it. And how's that been? What's that transition been like? Easy, hard, all consuming, all the above? Yeah, it's all consuming. I mean, and this crypto world is a rough and tumble world. I mean, it is. There's a lot of you know, it's the Wild West and you got to be very, very, I mean, there's a lot of great people with a lot of integrity, but there's a lot of fast buck artists too. But let's be honest, that's true on Wall Street. It's that's true, true in anywhere. Every it's industry true. has it. I mean, isn't that the pioneers? Most of them are the ones a little off, a little different. They're trying to do something right. that's never been done before. I mean, they're trailblazing and that's what you are, Charlie. You are a trailblazer. It, well, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I think I'll take that as a positive. Absolutely. Yeah. And thank per you. Permission based advertising for e-commerce. How do you integrate that? I mean, the system hasn't been designed for it. So how do you change the system? Well, actually, if you took at the fundamentals, the premise of the business rewards programs that every major consumer company have credit card companies, hotels, airlines, Rewards are a form of compensation for permission. So we're not really inventing anything. Permission marketing has been around for a long time, meaning give somebody something in order for them to give you permission to engage. You offer them something, right? You know, going back, you know, 20, 50 years, um, uh, you know, S&H green stamps, you know, uh, I mean, get a lottery ticket to enter a contest. I mean, these are forms of permission advertising, right? Um, so we know permission works. I mean, Marriott, their whole marketing is dedicated to getting people hooked into their Bonvoy program, the airlines, credit cards, all of them. So this premise is there. Every retailer wants to offer you rewards. Nordstrom's, Macy's, they want to offer rewards, but they don't have a liquid program, right? These points need to be liquid. 
And that's why crypto is so perfect for this. So we're creating the infrastructure for e-commerce vendors to offer rewards via our crypto ASK to, to engage and shop and, you know, watch their product videos and et cetera, et cetera. And so what's it been like? I mean, are you seeing a good reaction from those retailers or are you seeing them stand off? Like, or are they just excited to be able to help get back to the customer? Well, we're okay. We've had to go a long journey building this infrastructure that works on our own platform. We're running our own e-commerce store to prove the model and we're proving it. People buy and they like to buy. They watch product videos and they buy. Now we're creating plugins. So a Shopify merchant, Magento, Big Commerce can easily install this plugin. And that's when the token, the, the permission economy grows, right? We're proving the model on permission.io, but now the job is to get e-commerce merchants to put in this plugin and they can offer their customers ASK for permission and rewards. That's great. I mean, they're ultimately paying somebody, are they not, to be able to give it back to the person that deserves it, back to the consumer. So what sort of money are we talking about? I mean, on on a you know on a transaction or is it how do you base the fee structure or the compensation you know that listen we're going to have to start gathering data and build algorithms around this you know it's going to be very uh tech driven we're just now in the early stages of gathering data so we can build those algorithms uh for merchants so depending on the value of the customer is this a long-time customer? Is this a new customer? I mean, there's many, many inputs that will go into this. Absolutely. And it seems to me that you're really excited. Like this is, this is something that will make a difference in this space. This is something that's quite frankly going to change many aspects of the way people buy and the way people are tracked or from a target marketing, that the opportunity seems absolutely massive and yet you're still in the infancy of it. So take me out two, three, five years. Where do we go from here, Charlie? All right. And I'm authentic here. I'm telling you. I know. I I think the next version of Web 3.0, everybody has a vision of it, right? But I think many, many people in the crypto community understand data sovereignty, right? That individuals should own and control their data. And I'm going to go out as far and say Web 3.0, the core principle is permission. Meaning I have my data, I have control. I choose who to grant permission to, right? It's up to me. Permission is the fundamental concept. Well, they say that power is never taken, it's given. And that for many people, they have been giving away the power, but not noticing or not even realizing that they don't have to do that. And what I find it to be exciting on your side is the education starts to come into play. That as people learn more, that they won't just give away that power anymore, that they will realize that ultimately without them, there is no money. That's exactly right. I mean, this is the value is individuals have this value. Imagine you had a big ranch and some oil company came in and just started drilling in your backyard and taking the oil without compensating you. It is exactly analogous. Facebook, Google have been experts at taking your data. They know more about you than you know about yourself. They know they can predict what you're more likely to buy than you even thought about. 
based on where you've served, who you, who your friends are, what their friends' activities are. They know more about you than you know. Now, on, let me explain an incredible feature that will be offered very soon. You'll be able to link your Facebook account, your Google account. You log in. We have the technology to be able to read the Facebook data, Google data, as long as you log in. And we help you make money with that data. So that's what we're doing. You can now take your Facebook data and now you get compensated. And we have the vehicle. We've created the infrastructure to do that. And as long as you're logged in, Facebook doesn't even know that permission is looking at it. They just know you're looking at it. But you've given us access and we can query it. Wow. So how do we learn more about permission.io? How do we find you guys? Well, go to permission.io. We're getting the word out. I'm going to be doing it. You know, that's our job right now and building an evangelist community. I mean, we're getting 20,000 new members and these are authenticated members every single day. We're getting, it's kind of going viral. I mean, we just 20, launched August. thousand. That's 20, incredible. From India, Bangladesh, Vietnam, Russia, Turkey, the U.S., but, you know, they're coming from all over the world. And it must be exciting for you. I mean, as, as an entrepreneur, all the time you're investing into it, I mean, that time is yours. Now to see what's happening and that this idea becomes reality, it must be quite inspiring. So talk to, talk to the entrepreneurs out there, the people that have those crazy ideas, the ones that want to make a difference. Give them some advice as they get into a space from cryptocurrency to you name the industry. What advice do you have for them? You know, there's only one characteristic that matters because every company, every human has their own DNA. Success is different for everybody. Even though Silicon Valley has a formula, you could throw formulas out the window. It comes from, it's a very human thing. It comes from heart and grit. It's about grit and focused on reality and be willing to look at facts make good decisions, even if it challenges your previous knowledge. And that takes grit. It's, it's all about heart and grit. Heart and grit. And the hours. What sort of a commitment of hours does an entrepreneur need to put in when they're, when they're starting their business or when they're running their business? It's, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's like any great creator. You know, imagine Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel. You know, do you ever get it out of your head? I mean, are you, you're always working and I mean, it's all consuming, even, you know, whether even if you're just taking a walk or working out, it's still in your head all the time. And your team, are they located state based all over the world? And, and how do you find people? Because ultimately they're a reflection on you. Well, and that is, you know, another key. You've got to have people that reflect your values, reflect your vision. It's hard. You know, it's like building a sports team, you know, talk to hundreds of professional team owners that have tried to win championships over the years. Only a few get it done. You know, it's hard. So you got to build the right team and it's a nonstop process and you got to be willing to say, you know what, this isn't, you know, you're a good person, but you're not right for this team. You got to be willing to do that and, uh, and just keep optimizing, keep optimizing. And what excites you most about cryptocurrency, blockchain, and where things are headed? 
Well, it really is a, a vision of data sovereignty. I mean, the whole crypto world is about, you know, decentralization, putting individuals in charge of their own lives and, you know, reacting to the failure of central authorities, whether it's central governments or central banks, you know, these guys are just boondogglers. I mean, you know, I mean, it's central authorities can only make bad decisions. I mean, individuals make good decisions about their own lives. And we're a part of that in empowering individuals. And that is what really, really, I mean, incentivizes me and inspires me. Last and final, on your side, your take, do you see things staying the same way? One thing big tech has been very good at in the U.S., they're the biggest spenders in Washington. So they grease Democrats, they grease Republicans, you know, uh, they're very powerful. But uh, this data sovereignty issue, you know, has a life of its own and it's happening. You know, it's happening. So... Uh, I don't think it really matters who if it's Democrats or Republicans. It's happening. But yeah, big tech is very powerful, but it, it doesn't really matter that much. The market will work its own magic. Well said. Thank you so much for sharing your story on the Bitcoin.com podcast. Thank you, Dustin. Thanks for having me. You've listened to another episode of the Bitcoin.com podcast. Subscribe at news.bitcoin.com where your journey begins.